and you can live in the day. Welcome to Man in the Making. Thank you guys for listening. We have over 10,000 downloads and over 70 episodes now. We appreciate all of you. And if you would like to reach out and talk to Rokas or I and talk about show ideas or just um, tell us how much you love our show and maybe want to participate, please reach out our emails and contact information is in the show notes. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to just mention that we have a few seats left for our August Zen Mind Academy retreat, a 100% tax deductible trip offered by my nonprofit Zen Mind Academy, where we will be uh, training in California for four days and three nights. And we're going to focus on advanced meditation and physical workouts together, writing, reading, studying, and learning a bit about self-psychology and some of the Zen aspects of, um, I guess, life performance. We're going to be learning about the mind a little bit, um, different ways that we can be better and take on more responsibility. And I'm pretty sure that you will come out of the process a different person. The, the link will be in the show notes and it'll be a sign up. And we're taking um, half deposit down and you can pay in two payments after that. So we're, we're trying to make it as easy as possible for people to uh, join in. And this is also another way to kind of hopefully end this whole pandemic thing now that people are uh, getting vaccinated en masse and hopefully travel restrictions will be lifted by August, wherever you are. And we hope to uh, hear back from you. And uh, that's that's really all I wanted to say, Rokas, on that. How are you? Awesome. I am great. And I have some questions from a friend. They ask if I've done, if we've done an episode on this topic. And I messaged you and asked, and we've only indirectly done it. So I wanted to dedicate this episode directly to the topic of leadership. Uh, and my first question is, what are qualities of a good leader? Well, I'm really glad to hear, first and foremost, that you're doing great. <laughs> great. I transitioned, I guess, a bit too fast there. Cool. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. I mean, I think that's one of the aspects of a great leader, a good leader. Um, you take care of your people, um, and everyone is your people, even if you're not the leader. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're, we're a team here. This show would not happen without you. Um. And if you're, I mean, in a company situation that NASA is a good example right now, I'm nowhere near uh, leadership. I'm, I'm at the bottom uh, of the totem pole, but I don't behave that way. I, I try to take care of everyone, even my, my leader, <laughs> my task lead. Um, I look out for him, make sure he's doing okay. And, and, talk to him as much as I can on the side and try to um, get in the 
in the minds of these people and make sure that they're solid, make sure that their life is okay, that they slept well, they're eating good, they're, they're, they're feeling fine. If, if anything's wrong, I try to reach out and say, Hey, what, what's up? You know, let me know. I'm here. You can, I have an open door policy. The monks taught me that you have open door policies. Basically you don't, if you have an office um, or you're something or, you're in a situation where you could potentially isolate yourself, such as an, an office, allow people to come in, allow people to bother you, allow people to interrupt you, um, try to be flexible that way. So you don't have this exclusive, uh, mysterious vibe about you and, and be accessible. I think that's important. So and it's going well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm leading meetings and, and, you know, they want me to progress and advance. So that's great. And I think I, as I've been told, I, I, uh, just have a, have a, have a, a style that kind of stands out and, and I'm not afraid to talk to people. A good leader is, is, um, manages them, manages themselves well enough to where they're not they're not ashamed to kind of, um, stand out. They're not, they're not bashful. They're, they're looking at people like humans and they're understanding human nature. And so they relate to people very well. And that kind of person is very magnetic. You, you create this magnetic environment around you where it's like, Oh, Hey, I'm, I can be open with this person. I can trust this person. Um, I can even vent with this person and, and kind of tell them some things that I'm thinking that I wouldn't want to tell many other people on the team. So uh, you definitely want to take care of everyone around you uh, before you're a leader, pretend that you're a leader, pretend that you are part of a group. And if you succeed, everyone succeeds. And um, so number one, have leadership qualities without even being a leader. Number one, uh, when you are, take care of everyone, continue to do what you were doing before, make sure you're extremely available and connect with people on another level, not just a professional level. That's, that's easy. Connecting on a professional level is like doing a math equation, but um, getting behind the person, getting into the corners of their mind where they start thinking about you when they're not at work anymore. That's that's what you want to access because then you become a part of someone's uh, circle of influence. You, you, you are then allowed certain flaws and errors and, and mistakes. And then the person will uh, receive them differently because, Hey, I know this person, like me and them have talked, like I, they're not just a professional to me. They're, I kind of know Raj in and out. And so yeah, he made a mistake the other day, but you know what? It's fine. I know him. He's going to rebound quickly. So it's important to, to be on people's good sides and their personal sides, because eventually you'll make a mistake. Eventually uh, you'll need help. Eventually you'll need support in your role. And you don't want to have, you don't want to have been on people's bad sides uh, professionally uh, and personally, because then then they only look at you like an equation. And when you're only an equation, you're expendable. You can be switched out. Someone else can take your place. 
uh, and it's not that big of a deal. But it's like it's like a movie um, with character development. Uh, we, and if you find that in a movie, you care about a character when you care about a character in the beginning of the movie, in the middle, and they take you through their journey enough to where you identify with them. Uh, you really care about them if they die. Like if something happens to them, you're, you, 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 you really um, you think about it. But if there's no character development, the character dies or something bad happens and you're like, okay, I must not have, suppo- I must not have supposed to like uh, care about this person because um, there was no development there and, and I don't care. I don't know, Rokas, if you've ever... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Movie with yeah, that kind sure. of analysis right but when there's development you know it's like you're in this one so the same thing is true with life and professional teams and and um you want to develop yourself and have that that development there so if you die people care about you or if you make a mistake or whatever and a different analogy along the same lines let's say if in title if you are a leader Let's say the people who work for you, they have deadlines. And if you're on good relations with those people, usually when someone has a deadline and they don't make that deadline, they don't, I don't know how to phrase it. They're not sad that they didn't meet the deadline. They're sad that they let someone down who they care about. And if you're on good relations with that person, then that brings in like, they won't want to let you down. So they'll be more motivated to meet those deadlines. Major. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, you want people to care about the situation way past the event itself. Um, when, because we've all seen the look at someone flipping burgers or behind a cash, you know, cashier, uh, register when they're, in, when they're not invested in their job, they'll just let things go. And, and, uh, they don't care anymore um, and they dread their situation. So we don't want that. You can make, you know, a leader can make their cashiers very happy. Uh, uh, managers of small teams of five to seven, you know, at a, at a restaurant or burger place or whatever, you can make your people very happy um, without without changing their pay. Um, one of the biggest, one of the biggest ways to do that is, is, as you just said, yeah. Give people psychological air, let them know that they matter. Um, and stop micromanaging as much. And that requires trust. So trust is not only one of the biggest qualities of a leader, but it's one of the biggest qualities of the human condition to trust another person is to let them know that, that you think that they're capable. And when someone believes that they're capable, um, they will go, they will go to their capacity limit and beyond to, to support the mission and, and what's going on. As you said, on that personal level, you know, um, for sure. I mean, trust is, is huge. Yeah, I think that was a great way to put it. I heard another thing where, let's say, soldiers in the military, when they're 
comrades are injured and they're dragging them to a helicopter, let's say, to try to get them out to get medical help. And they're putting themselves in danger, let's say, like running through a line of fire. So yeah, putting themselves in danger in order to save others. When asked why they do that, they say they would have done the same for me. I think that can also be applied into a professional situation like a job where if your employees know that you care about them and you'd go to like great lengths for them, then they would do the same for you as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, exactly. yeah, that notion of that, that person would do the same for me. Yeah. Personal so as long sacrifice. as they feel that, yeah. Personal sacrifice for sure comes with, um, knowing that knowing someone on another level. I mean, if, 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 uh, if a manager or, or a leader, I'm using like basic words, but if, if a leader does not allow himself to, to remove those barriers of, I'm, I'm a manager, I'm on this level, you're on that level, and we're forever separate. If, if, we, if you can't get past that, you'll never have an identification with, with your people. They'll never relate. And there will not be an aspect of sacrifice needed. Um, and if anything, there'll be a um, resentment of some kind building up, no matter how small. And when the moment comes, for that solidarity to, to happen, that, that, that team aspect to happen, there'll be, there'll be gaps in the chain and the, uh, the strength of the chain is, is only as powerful as its links. And if one of them breaks the entire and As chain, the weakest link, it's only as strong as the weakest link, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, they're all connected by one. So if any one of them goes down, the the connection breaks and uh that's that's the idea behind that i mean and it's true in with physical properties as well a chain will not regenerate itself um you know if you're pulling a fence post in with a tractor and you're using a chain to bite the bucket and everyone in construction will know exactly what i just said um that chain is being held by by one link at a time the entire step of the way. That's why Covey says um, in his leadership um, discourses in 1979, I believe, uh, he gave audio lectures for uh, the seven habits of highly effective people. Like it was a book. And then he went on the road for the rest of his life teaching it. So they, they finally recorded it, an aspect of it. And um, put it into a like a seven disc set that was the first time i ever got introduced to him i never read the book i only listened to the audio and the audio was actually in my opinion better from what i had seen from what the book was because he he elaborates a lot more on stage and he changes things a little bit and makes it you know he interacts with the audience more and stuff um and that's why in in his seven habits of highly effective people he says, treat everyone uh, like the 99%. Don't, because, uh, no, I'm sorry. Treat everyone like the. Uh, uh, I have the quote, if you want me to say it. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, how you treat the one reveals how you regard the many, because everyone is ultimately a one. Is that yeah. what you 
Is that one? Yeah. The the 99 is an illusion, basically. Everyone is at one point or another a 1% factor in your life. Everyone is directly in front of you needing something from you or you need something from them. There's an interaction there. And to, to, to push certain people aside for the priority of others, um, right? To push the 99 for the one is uh, a mistake in, in human relationships and, 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 and uh, communication skills. So treat everyone like the 99. Treat everyone like, well, treat everyone equally is an easy way to say that, no matter where they are on the uh, hierarchy. Would it be a good idea to ask for feedback on your leadership? Because, yeah, I don't know. Is that something that is like taboo? But yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Um, so is it, is it okay for a leader to seek feedback? Like on their leadership? Yeah. Like ask people if they're doing 100% all the time, everyone, not just a leader, but a a good leader will definitely, um, seek feedback just like a good company constantly seeks feedback, right? You, you buy something online uh, Hey, you know, they email you, um, how did you like our product? How's everything going? Can we, can we do anything? Or you leave a bad review on Amazon, those solid companies, the reps are going to get back to you ASAP. Hey, sorry to hear that something went wrong. Send it back on us. We'll send you something else. We'll fix it. We'll, we'll do whatever it takes to, to make sure that your feelings about us are good because we are a good company. We want you to know that. A leader needs to feel the same way. A leader is a company. A, a person is a walking corporation, um, just like a monk is a walking scripture. What we are, you know, needs to be uh, expressed from out of us um, as we live our life. So an individual needs to make sure that they hold the same uh, reputational uh importance and significance as an entire company okay that's very important a a good leader in my opinion will take feedback whether it's warranted or not and reflect on it and give it a moment to to simmer in their mind before reacting to it i i've seen everything I've, i've seen bad leader i've seen good leaders have bad times. I've seen bad leaders um, just get worse. I've seen, uh, you know, egotistical micromanagers never take feedback. And then, you know, because you're a, you're a peon, you're a bottom of the chain, you're not in that club. So you can't give that feedback, but, but, you know, no matter what you feel, whether that's right or wrong, I, I don't really care. The general consensus of society right now is hypersensitivity. That's the, that's the environment we are in. If you are not sensitive to every individual on your team or in the company or in your life, you ain't going to make it. No way. Because there are, there are departments being built right now for individual sensitivity care care and and support 
and and the the individual right now on all major companies is being cared for on another level than they ever have before right that's political correctness that's that's politics at play that's whatever but it doesn't matter the driving forces what matters is that it's happening so if you're egotistical and you're trying to make it on a team you're going to be given a reality check a harsh reality check um in order to become a leader in today's environment uh you're going to have to care about all feedback take all feedback um support it and try to incorporate it and i think i think that's what what my book kind of talks about in parts of it uh, in everything is your fault, uh, which is kind of a leadership book uh, for corporate executives. Um, if, well, I'll take, I'll, I don't remember what it says in the book, but I'll take an example that I often give. If you burn bridges along the way up, eventually you'll have nowhere to go. Uh, you'll get to the top. Uh, you'll have ruined everyone on your way up. And, uh, eventually you'll be you'll be without support and um i've been there i've done that i've i've uh, advanced my position maliciously in life at times and uh it doesn't work eventually eventually it comes back to haunt you burning bridges for the sake of being right winning arguments for the sake of being right Saving face for the sake of being right is um, one of the worst things that you could ever do. Uh, I think there's, I think I t it's, it's an, along the lines of saving face in the book. Yeah. Saving face is um, one of the worst things you can do in your pri private, personal, professional, intimate, all aspects of your life. That's much better to, um, reach another form of, of agreement and consensus than just one right, one wrong, winner, loser. The winner and loser mentality in, in professional corporate life is ending. Um, it's all about feedback now. So if you're old school, um, you know, you better have like a monopoly because another company, another department, another person will stand out and you'll be replaced as leadership uh, because you never, you never took feedback or you may even not make it in advance as a leader from one, one rung of the ladder to another. If, if along the way you didn't get good feedback, you didn't take feedback and, and people will remember things. There's now, you know, there'll be reports about you that are 10 years old in the company and you won't be able to get around stuff like that. So long answer, but yeah. So, yeah, it's a lonely place at the top. So it would be nice to take people with you. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be at the top, by the way. There's, there's nothing wrong with um, wanting to advance at all. The key is the, the, the motivation behind the advancement mm -hmm. and, the, and the desire, the initial kind of core desire of what, what happens at the top. If, if it's, if it's to leave everyone behind, then um, it's just not worth it. 
and it's not a solid foundation. It's a house of cards, basically. So what is, so the alternative, I guess, like the reason to advance, the reason to um, be at the top is Rokas. Do you have any, what's, what's like a good, what's a good way to look at that? Um, same as with self-improvement. So improve yourself in order to help others. Yeah. To be in yeah. a situation where you can help others. So yeah. The so more yeah. The more, Improving your. Yeah. Sorry. No, go ahead. Um, the more you advance, the more confident of a better word, but the more capacity you will have to help others. So yeah. I think. Yeah, I, would... I mean, there's an there's an individual aspect. There's a there's a group aspect, and I think it's there's a balance you know to to want to advance for personal reasons is expected to you want to develop yourself you want forward momentum um you want to be running at full capacity and that capacity should be increasing in, in a certain timeline every year every quarter whatever i mean whatever's whatever is doable and feasible but not at the expense of your employees yeah not at the expense of others but at the same time we have to hold that individual aspect i'd like to be doing better for myself because that's how i live my life but but um you know to rise to the top for solely the individual motivation is um it's a tough balance right because what if like, how do you answer that question? Like, oh, do you only want to advance in your position because of you? And it's like, well, you could say, you know, I could help other, I could help others or I could help more people or stuff like that. And it's like, well, what does that even mean? You know, like, why can't you help more people at the position you're at? And I think that you do run into the, you can run into a conflict there. And that if there's too much, selflessness if there's too much like oh it's just for the good of the company i think that's a dangerous line to tread and i would keep a healthy amount of personal advancement um and i think the way to balance that is you know i want to advance when i do better um i can improve everything that I'm involved in. And I'd like to advance in this company because if I advance, then I can, I can increase the capacity of the company itself. And um, if you're really good with working with people, I think you can always say, I want to work with more people. Like I want to advance and I feel like if I advance, I'll be around more people and I get to work with more people or I get to work with different teams. Another good one is if I, you know, I want to advance for, for self, for personal gains. And I want to, I want to learn from the best. I want to learn from more seasoned people. I want to learn from the top um, because that's how I see myself. And I want to know more so that the people that come after me 
and I maybe I can train them having learned from the best. So I think that's a good way to not really manipulate um, a, a request for advancement, but but to not be disingenuous because at the end of the day, we are after personal advancement. That that's that's not a bad thing, um, and I think that I don't. I would hope that people don't um, try to, you know, fake it and try to be disingenuous and say, oh, no, I, it's not a personal gain. It's a company gain, you know, and it's like, well, it is a personal gain. Like you yourself see have a higher standard. And um, I think I would guess that, you know, leadership wants to see that as well. Leadership definitely wants to see self-motivated individuals. Um but at the same time, having all those other aspects of, of group harmony, I think that's important. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You expanded on what I said very nicely. Yeah. Anything else? No questions for me. Those are... Oh, those were the leadership questions? What is, yeah. what is the good aspects of a leader and, and feedback? Mm-hmm. Would you have more to add? Um, on your mind maybe with the position you're in could relate to that yeah i mean when i when i when i advise i kind of take my i take my past my experience and i take my current situations into play and you know yeah i mean i think you have to be careful when you're on a team um you can see the people who've been there longer than you, but they haven't done anything. You don't want that, you know, cause those people may want that. Like they may be satisfied. They may settle. I was trained to never settle. Um, so, you know, you want to be a little disruptive. Um, you want to make sure that you can artfully have a, a, a disagreement with, with your boss. You want to make sure that you can, tactfully and carefully and harmoniously stand out uh, and honestly i mean on, there's an aspect of corporate life where the people who don't stand out and just settle and stay in the same um same positions year after year they kind of end up doing more of the work for for no benefit for no extra benefit and I don't know. I mean, if you want to have some of the most effective positions, reach the most people, feel the best about your work, there's kind of no other option but like regularly advancing, regularly changing, regularly learning more. Um, because there's always someone like if you're, if you're, like the stock market, if you're selling a share, someone's buying it. Um, in, in a company, there's always new people coming in and people coming out. So where are you on that escalator? Like, um, if you're not aware of the fact that there are new people coming in um, and people are moving up in front of them, you're not going to, you're not going to change your, your, your position. I mean, it's not that hard to change your position. 
Like, in other words, someone's coming in all the time. And if you're not requesting, if you're not talking about a change, if you're not seeking education, uh, if you're not making leadership kind of know or aware of your inclination, uh, someone else is going to. I don't know. There's, there's kind of a sense of urgency with leadership, with advancement. Um, I guess this show was for, for leadership though, but that's kind of the, the way to get to leadership. And once you're, once you're inside leadership, you really, you don't want to settle either. You want to keep pretending that someone's coming in and you've got to keep going, uh, keep learning more, keep being effective, I guess. I don't know. I'm just kind of rambling. At so this point. for perspective, yeah. Let's say so people can see if they're in this situation, some stuff. So, okay, I'll just say, um, what is the opposite of leadership then? Well, well, that's kind of an interesting question. The the opposite of leadership is. Uh, this is assuming someone wants to be a leader. So let's say things they're doing, which is the. Oh yeah. The, this whole in the podcast, direction. this whole podcast assumes that that the listener wants to be yeah. a leader. <laughs> um, the opposite of of leadership is is just what do you call that? The basic thing would be a follower, but yeah, oh right, a leader and a follower. But then yeah, I think that's pretty it, good. It's more in the direction of if you want to be a leader, then was what are you doing wrong? So like the opposite things. But I don't know if that's already been covered. Though. Oh, yeah. Well, well, you can you can know what's wrong by uh, knowing what's right. If you haven't done any of those things, if, if you're trying to be a leader, but you haven't been open to feedback, you haven't been taking care of yourself on a personal level, you haven't been uh, self-educating you haven't been taking care of other people or asking about other people or caring about other people. No one's going to care about you and no one's going to think about you when that position opens up. Uh, if you get in there, if you get, that's what getting your foot in the door means. Uh, like imagine an office with a bunch of executives and you're just walking by <laughs> there's glass. You can see the meeting um, and you're just walking by and you never get your foot in the door. Um, they don't know who you are. So, you know, one of the, one of the best pieces of advice I've ever read, um, I, I think about it a lot, is that um, you take something that you're proud of, take something that you've done in your life, something that you're working on, uh, or, or another way of saying that is take what you identify with and make it Make it the first thing someone knows about you. But the thing with that is, what if it just sounds like you're boasting? Or yeah, like, you, know, you know, that's that's too bad. <laughs> if you're proud of an accomplishment and you meet someone, you know, in in, in order to sell a product, you need someone needs to know that you're selling a product. If they think you're your, they're their neighbor and, and you're not the salesman walking by, 
you're not going to sell the product. So there's a certain amount of salesmanship that comes with advancement. There's a certain amount of salesmanship. You know, we're all selling something in the words of uh, Grant Cardone. We're all selling something. So, you know, in a relationship, we're trying to, we're trying to, uh, engage in, in the transfer of love and, and you've got to, you've got to be a salesman there. You've got to be a love salesman. You know, you've got to offer things on discount. You've got to make deals. You've got to make ads, um, tell her that she's beautiful, you know, grab her attention, um, you know, reel her in. In, in a professional setting, you've constantly got to be like, hey, I, I know how to do that. I can do that. I can do that. Like over and over again, you've got to put yourself out there. Um, if you don't, if you don't like that, if that's tough for you, then no one's really going to know you're an expert at something and they're not going to want to buy. They're not going to know that you have something to buy, that they have something to buy from you. Um, and, and I, and I, I don't want, I don't want, I don't mean to say that you have to be disingenuous and that you meet someone just to tell them about what you're good at. That's not what I mean. I mean, you want to be proud of your accomplishments. You want to, you want to wear them on your sleeve and you want to do that in hopes of advancing yourself and advancing everything and everyone around you. There's, there's gotta be a group, um, mentality involved with it. Hey, if I accomplish this, everything I touch and everyone I meet will be able to have some sense of accomplishment as well. Um, we're bringing people up together. It's, it's not like I'm, and you know what? You, you need to be proud of something you've done. You need to have something worthy of sharing and you benefit other people. Okay, here's a perfect example of, of salesmanship 101. You should not be bashful about selling your product because you're supposed to be bettering people's lives with the damn product. So yes, you should have this. I want you to have, I want you to buy this thing because I know how much you need it. So if you're, if you're disingenuous, if you're on the wrong path, uh, on the wrong side of this, you have a broken product. You have something that you're trying to sneakily get across um, and it really doesn't make anyone else better. It's really not what someone needs. That's real too. And I think that everyone leans towards that side. They lean towards the used car salesman when you hear about this kind of um, lifestyle because it's like, Ah, this guy's just trying to get a better deal. Um, and that's where imposter syndrome comes in. I don't know if you, we've talked about that briefly a while ago, but mm -hmm. it's this, it's this self anxiety inducing state due to lack of self-confidence, lack of self-worth of you or your product. Right. And it's like, um, Rokas, you you should not ever be um, bashful or, or, or modest when it comes to um, your expertise or expertises. Because when you get into something, you obsess over it like I do, and you really dial it in. 
And if you talk about something, well, there's a good chance people should be listening. And you want to know something well enough or have something more of value so that when you are sharing it, it is a value. Like it assumes that you have value here. And I'm not saying be a salesman of something that's weak, something you, you just figured out or something that you know, you're not really sure of. I'm saying really take something you're proud of, something you've earned, something that you think other people should have and wear it on your sleeve and make it part of your conversation. And people will be better for it. If I had taken the modest approach and not worn the flag across my chest, former monk of 12 years, um, I could tell you one thing, wouldn't be at NASA, wouldn't be uh, living in California, enjoying palm tree weather, wouldn't be um, making as much as I do now, wouldn't be impacting people, wouldn't have written a book, wouldn't have, you know, done anything remotely to what I'm doing now because it all comes off of what the work that I've put in and I'm damn proud of that product. I believe I have value and I talk about it all the time. I record myself talking, (laughs) you know, and we've gotten, we've heard, we've gotten good feedback. Like, Hey, thanks for saving my life on that depression episode. I was pretty sure I was going to kill myself. You know, so that kind of thing should let you know, oh, my product is worth selling. Um, yeah, that changed my perspective. Thank you. Yeah. So if you've got something that people can benefit from, uh, you know, I'll never forget that. Uh, I believe it was Russell Brunson. Was it Brunson or Bronson? This guy who created ClickFunnels, the sell, it's an advertisement software. It's a really great software. I used it for a while. Um, but he, he writes books about um, how to be a salesman. And, and it's like we've got we, to get good products to sell. And then we'll feel good about selling them, really. And, and you know, sometimes, yeah. Of course, like I've got value, but is that value needed? Do I need to talk about the podcast when I'm having a glass of wine with someone I just met? Maybe not. I need to feel it out. Um, if I'm if I'm if I'm caught in the throes of ego and feeling boastful, and I just start talking about like something I've done and it's totally out of context, yeah, that's out of line. It's uh, it's annoying. And no one wants to hear it. Also, I have to gauge if I'm around people in a, in a group setting that have heard my story a hundred times. I have to think of them. And if, if we meet someone new, happens every time. Oh, hey, who are you? You know, uh, I heard you're that monk guy or whatever. Um, I, I have to step back and be like, oh, okay, so mentally all of a sudden I calculate I'm with like 75% of people that, that know that story. There's just a, f- a few people here that haven't heard it. Um, I'm not going to jeopardize the conversation. I'm not going to take over and strong arm this conversation and start talking about everything that most of the room has already heard of. 
at that moment, I'm going to say, yep, I'm the guy you can, there's tons of stuff online. Uh, if you want to check that stuff out, but, uh, you know, don't want to bore you with those details. And then the group kind of harmoniously molds into where it should go naturally. Someone else will jump in and, and, and be like, um, Oh, hey, Raj, so how's NASA going? And all of a sudden, I can, I can, you know, gracefully move on without repeating myself. And then we can all kind of get updated on NASA. And then I can respectfully say, well, what about you? What, 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 how's your week been? And then all of a sudden, the attention is off me. The new people in the room forgot already what was going on. And they're enjoying their drink and, and, and enjoying the next person who's speaking. And they'll get a chance to speak eventually. So that's the art of conversation. It's the art of, of, of context and uh, knowing the right time and the, the right place and the right people to sell your product. Um, I, I, if, you're in a, if you're in a situation where that kind of thing is expected, like, you know, if you're at a, if you're at a lunch with someone who doesn't know who you are, but they're they clearly know you and they're interested to learn more. Um, absolutely. You have to go for it. You have to start uplifting that person with your value. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a definitely technique and tactic involved and, and you learn that over time. There, it comes with a great amount of self-awareness uh, because I've been in situations where, Helena and I will go out and it's like, oh shit, I, the entire time I forgot that Helena has this amazing story. She's, she owns a business, you know, um, it's expanding, blah, blah, blah. And I took over and, and did not see the, the small points where I could gracefully move the attention over to her and equalize the the night, you know, equalize the conversation, make it more enjoyable and not so one-sided. So you learn from that. And, and, um, you know, it comes with experience. If you, if you never step outside of your comfort zone and go to one side or the other, you know, you kind of never figure it out. You kind of never balance and, and get in the middle where you want to be. So, uh, it's okay to make that mistake as long as you learn from it. Um, and, and, you know, building self-awareness is like one of the greatest things uh, a leader could ever learn. You know, what do I look like right now? What do I sound like right now? Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's good a good thought there. Um, gosh, I, I I tell you though, I've been in a situation where uh, had a had a friend in Denver not a friend, I had an acquaintance in Denver, a client for a while, nice guy. Um, and he told me about this great meeting. He, he wanted me to meet someone uh, in this fancy hotel the next morning and have coffee with me and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. This, this guy is like influential. This could be a big deal. Um, and I was kind of like set up because I walked into a sales meeting and, and they were trying to pitch me on something on a product. 
and I got sold something on this meeting. I didn't buy, but I was like really let down. I was like, oh, this guy's not my friend. This guy's trying to sell me something and bothers me on a Saturday morning, you know, stretches the, my imagination with vague inv invitations and makes something seem the way it's not, you know, I would have respected him and the, and the meeting. And I would have gone if he said, Hey, my friend is, sells um, sports supplement pills that are next level genomic type stuff. Uh, real good for the microbiome. And, and since you're a personal trainer, I think that you guys would have a great conversation. And maybe if you like the product, you could try a free sample and then you can make some money. Do you got, do you want to meet tomorrow morning? Totally different situation. I would have been like, yeah, I mean, it sounds cool. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's not, but I'll, I'll come in with it with my critical hat on. Instead, it was like, hey, let's meet up tomorrow morning. I've got a, I got a friend who would love your story. Like maybe you guys, he has a podcast too, you know, and all these extra added stuff that is, was totally irrelevant, but it was just like sugar coating to get me there. It was like breadcrumbs to get me, to get me walking there. And it was like kind of early in the morning. And, and this guy was just tra a traveler, traveling salesman, basically selling me some pill shit uh, and trying to get me to, into his product. And it was like, that is not how you sell your product, not how you do it. Um, there's no personal aspect of it. There was no realization of what it truly was. Um, instead, I was thrown off guard and I was like, well, I'm probably not going to ever talk to you again, FYI, because I'll never know if you're trying to sell me on something. And the guy is kind of salesy and like he gives that vibe off. And that's what you're talking about. That's, that's exactly what you were talking about earlier. That's out there. And, and, I, and I totally get that perspective. That's not what we want. And if I ever like made someone feel that way, I feel terrible about it. And, and I think, you know, I think I'm pretty honest. And I try to avoid that with brutal honesty. So, and, and a couple of people recently this week have messaged me online and they're like, Hey, I'm not trying to like sugarcoat anything. I'm messaging you. Like I'm sliding into your DMS to sell you something. And I'm like, oh, okay. How much does it cost? What's the product? Tell me about it. But the people who are like, hi, how are you? Can we connect? I'm so interested in connecting with other people in your field. You know, it's like, oh man, I can smell this coming a mile away. I'm thrown off by it. Don't want it. I'm, I'm not thrown off. I'm, I'm put off by it. Go away. Leave me alone. So yes, there are definitely different ways to handle salesmanship. Um, you know, friendship is a type of sale. It's a type of value interaction. Everything is a value interaction. You know, Rokas, I want you to be my friend. Here are the like one, two, and three. Here's the value I can add to your life. And I think you can add value into my life. And I think we should have a reciprocal friendship. Um, you know, it's not like, uh, 
you know, gosh, Rokas, he's young. He could buy my programs. He could like, he could be a book buyer and then he could be a influencer. And then he could like talk about my, my product with other people. That's how people feel. That's genuinely how people roll. And that's how that guy rolled in, in Denver. That's exactly what he did. And it wasn't like, Oh, Hey, Raj is cool. Like maybe he'll want to meet this guy. It was like, he was having a conversation with that guy, with his friend. And he's like, Oh, Raj will buy this. Let's get him here tomorrow morning. Like I bet he'll just throw some money at it. And that's how he rolled. And it was like, okay, I see how you're at. I see how disingenuous you are and you don't want to do that. You, you, you want to avoid that. But at the same time, you know, if you've got, there's a right way to sell your product, you know, don't, don't take that experience and say, well, I'll never sell anyone ever because I don't want to come off that way. If you don't want to come off that way, don't come off that way. Just be honest, be brutally honest. Hey, I've got a great retreat coming up in August. Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to change at least one way you've thought about something. And I guarantee you, you'll probably hear stuff that you've never heard about before in your life. And it's a thousand bucks. You have to fly there. Like you have to figure out travel. I'll feed you for three days, but you know what? Like, I'm going to be there. Helene is going to be there. My baby is going to be there. Like we're all going to be hanging out in this awesome place, just taking some time to ourselves. I'm pretty sure that's how much it's worth. If not more, am I making any money from it? No, I'm not paying myself for it. I, I don't, I don't have enough. Uh, there's not enough there, not enough seats. There's the, the, the venue is too expensive <laughs> to make any money off it. So can I afford can I afford it? Yes. I have the three days to spend. It's part of my life. It's part of my mission. And um, maybe we'll create long lasting relationships and, and, and from the people that go. That's it. Like that's, that's all you have to say. Um, and that to me is, is a good way to sell something. If that's not aggressive enough to make, to make my nonprofit work, then I don't want anything to do with a nonprofit. I don't want anything to do with, with selling if, if it takes more than that. And that's the personal stance that I've taken. And that's why NASA was so appealing to me because it gave me a chance to, to get rid of that rush to sell. I hate that rush to sell. I hate it. I hate it because it turns you into something else it's like, I need to pay the rent. God, I'm going to sell these books to people, whether they need it or not. And that kind of urgency, that fire under you, a lot of sales, a lot of sales people love that. A lot of people like that. It puts them in a situation where they have to make money. Um, but I'm, I'm not in the business for that. I'm not in the right business for that. I'm in, I'm in value investing when it comes to people and teaching. I'm not, a, I'm not, a, yeah, I'm not a swing person. I'm not a day. I'm not a day trader when it comes to personal relationships. I'm in a hundred percent value. I'm in it for the long term. So you've, when you take on a salesman role in whatever it is, make sure you understand why you're doing it. And if it's leadership, make sure you understand why you want to be a leader. It's not to boss people around because guess what? Being a leader means 
people are going to boss you around. They're going to throw you here and there. Um, and you have like good advice along the way. And, and um, being a leader is rarely about telling everyone what to do and going to sip, sip margaritas on the beach. That's like, that's day trading. <laughs> that's, that's like 100% being uh, financially secure and not having to work for anyone except for the stock market. But guess what? The stock market is going to tell you what to do too, especially this morning. So um, yeah, you got to know your motivation behind your actions before you act. And chances are, You'll see things clearly and you'll have a better time at living life. So the motivation behind the action or, or said another way, goal oriented behavior, motivated, uh, uh, oriented behavior is, is what is happening all the time. So if that's true, which it is, know the reason you're motivated know your motivation and you know more about yourself. If it's to make a quick buck, well, that's the motivation behind it. It's going to come out that way. If it's to develop something long-term, it's going to come out that way. So there should be no reason that you're bashful about, about your goals as long as you know the motivation behind it. If you don't know and you just start acting and behaving, then that's where we trip over our own feet and stumble. That's when we make mistakes, when we're in a rush and we don't quite understand the motivation behind what, why we're doing what we're doing. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm three years into this major. Uh, I've been stressing, stressing myself out and I don't even wanna be a doctor. Whoops. This relates very nicely because knowing your what direction you're heading, like knowing the why, why you do this and what relates to it. Um, if you know like the direction you're heading, then you're able to communicate that direction to other people. And that's also what makes you a good leader by inspiring others to help you along that path to feel like yeah they they believe in a similar thing and yeah and to go in the same direction and you as a leader need to give them a direction they'll want to head towards which also usually comes from a direction that you believe in so you need to know your why did that make sense yeah it's reciprocal if if a good leader is like a little light bulb walking around in a dark room and you, you, yeah. you light other people up. Like maybe it's like you're a, you're a, a, a lighter in a dark room and there's other lighters, like there's other big lighters around and they they have their gas on, but there's no flame. There's no spark catalyst. So you're walking around and a good leader is empowering other people. So you are saying, hey, you're strong here. I can see that clearly. You should do that. Hey, you're, you have a weakness here. If you want to succeed it here, I think you should pick this side of yourself up a little bit. Let's work on that together. Hey, 
you're going to be a genius in with numbers. Like you need, you should advance to the accounting lead. Like, why are you in this role? So a good leader empowers others, helps them on their path, no matter what their path is, even if it may start out on your team, but if they're, if they're suit, suited for another team, you should help them see that and not be, Oh, I need this person to, to that's, that's where the ego comes in. We need to succeed at my goal, my vision, whether you like it or not, we're going to work as a team to do this. That's like not, you're bringing people together, but for the wrong reasons. Again, your goal oriented behavior, that's not the right way to say that word. Your goal oriented behavior is, is going to, um, is going to give you your motivations. If you have the wrong goal, or if you have an evil goal, right? You're gonna have evil behavior. So to have the right goal, usually like the Buddhist precept says, is to have right action. And right action is one of the greatest things in life it's a very holy thing to achieve. So a lot of people don't understand. Well, and it's fair to not understand quite because there's not really that previous teaching. There's something before right action. And it's, it's right motivation, right, um, right motivation. And then goal oriented behavior works itself out by itself. So that's what a leader does. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go back to work. Yep. That was longer than I expected it to be. Very cool. Me too. My Thank God. you for all the information, for your knowledge, for your time. And I'll see you next week. All right. Thank you, sir. <laughs>